friends, and welcome to a week three edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. My name is JB Long. We've got a great cast of characters with us to preview this showdown with the Cardinals as NFC West play begins in the desert. Let's start with Stu Jackson making his first appearance on Between the Horns this season. Stu, what's going on, buddy? How are you this morning? JB, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Appreciate you guys having me on. All right, so you're going to make a splash and have the best background setup of Between the Horns? Is that DeMarco, Erica? What's, what's happening? What's with the new guy? Oh, well, Yeah, come well, on. Yeah, yeah, look at you, Stu. Wait, hold what's up. Erica's Erica someplace different, too. Yep, I am back in New Hampshire, so got a got a background. And I, like I was telling you guys off air, it is downpouring rain, um, mm. something that we're not used to over on the West Coast. So I'm I'm loving it, but not sure if my internet connection is going to love it. So I really want right. you to walk your internet back so I can see what it looks like in New Hampshire. Oh yeah, I wish it is absolutely downpouring. Wow, like, cats and dogs. My favorite. Uh, most important question of the week, uh, Erica, it's only taken us, man, I don't know, two months or several years for me to realize this. It's more Tamposi than Tamposi. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Why didn't yeah. I know this before? I don't know. I don't know. My bad. Wait, Have I been no, you? What is no, it? No, I don't. It's Tamposi. Tamposi. Yeah. You hear her say okay. her name. It's more that than Tamposi, which is kind oh. of. Yeah, yeah. The S is. The S is. Um, What's not long, but more like a Z sound, maybe? Yeah, Posey. Yeah. Posey. yeah. Okay. Posey. It, yeah. it is still DeMarco far, though, right? That one. Easy. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Very simple. Far. Two R's at the end. That's it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, can't wait, man. This is going to be fun. But yeah. Um, never been to New Hampshire. Been to Arizona a few times. Um, you want to talk about a, a Victory Monday ruiner? Uh, just watch that film of what Kyler Murray did in the second half versus the Raiders. Seriously. That will ruin any victory Monday you ever had. <laughs> well, DeMarco, what do you think it means for the Cardinals? Because as our game wound down Sunday, you know, the Cardinals go from down 20 points to forcing overtime. And there was a thought there where you might have a chance to go to the desert with the Cardinals 0-2 at the outset of division play and maybe step on their neck. Now it feels like they've saved their season. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, they're always going to be tough because of that guy you're seeing right there. Can you imagine? You guys ever played keep away in like elementary school? It's like the opposite of dodgeball. Instead yeah. of trying to hit people, you try to keep the ball away. Imagine Kyler Murray playing keep away. That would drive me nuts. I would beat him up in, in elementary school, but that's exactly what he does. Uh, he's always going to be a tough. He was a tough out. You remember that first game last year where he absolutely filleted the Rams defense. So watching that second half versus the Raiders, I'm like, I've seen this movie before. He's not done. He's not dead. If they don't stop him, he's going to, boom, he wins the game. That's exactly just like to play him every week. I'll do respect to good old number 95 and 97 in silver and black there, but maybe do more than rush two and drop nine in the red zone against Kyler. Like, thankfully, the Rams have Aaron Donald to help maybe solve for some of those 20-second scrambles. I'm not sure if you had a choice, man. I mean, that's the thing I was watching. He absolutely wore them out. Mm. I mean, he flat wore them out. They were tired. I'm not even sure if they had enough pass rushers to get to him. And then... Forget it. We'll just drop nine and hope we can get there. So uh, that's when he's at his best, there's almost no one that can touch him, literally. Wow. Erica, that's kind of the theme of the week in the National Football League, wasn't it? Miami at Baltimore, the Jets in Cleveland, even the Falcons at SoFi Stadium. It was a week of dramatic comebacks. It was. It was. Um, I led a, a meditation in this week's Ricky's Ram Jam because I was like, I think everyone needs to just 
take a deep breath and move forward. A win is a win. But yeah, the the comebacks across the, the league this week was was crazy. I don't necessarily think that that Raiders team has figured everything out quite yet under McDaniels. Um, so I do think that this matchup is is going to be a little bit different. But you're right. Yeah, Kyler Murray is is a scary person to face for sure. All right. All right. So Ricky Hollywood guides her audience through a guided meditation. Stu, maybe you can guide us through the week's injury report. There's been a lot of uh, turnover, turmoil, change, roster sh- uh, shakeup. Uh, in Thousand Oaks there where you're uh, calling this show from since we last spoke. Give us the latest. Yeah, so just to start off with Troy Hill, uh, cornerback, he's been dealing with a a groin injury and he got placed on IR on Tuesday. And uh, McVay said that he'll be back sooner than later. That's just something that they felt like was best as far as creating a roster spot, giving them some of that. Uh, flexibility. And then Kobe Durant, who's dealing with a hamstring strain, he's week to week, week to week right now, excuse me. And then of course, we've also got um, the news yesterday about uh, Bryson Hopkins getting suspended for three games. And so moving pieces in the secondary and also, uh, you know, you're looking at trying to figure out, you know, what's next, at least. Is Rams revealed like some sort of curse? Uh-oh. Like it's who, it's who you're having on. Is that ending up in, in some because it was Bryson Hopkins and that. No, but you sat down with, with Kobe this week. Did he talk about his hamstring? Did, did he seem like, you know, it's I'm day to day, but he has, seems like he has such a fire to play. Um, did it? Did you get the impression from him oh, that he that was itching? You on his show, man. Yeah. <laughs> we need to edit that out in post. No, <laughs> the good news for Kobe is much of what we saw him do, including the interception and the sack, he said came after that yeah. injury. Right? right. So if he's able to do this, that our, our YouTube audience is able to see uh, with the injury he had, hopefully seven days removed, he's in a better position even going to the desert. But we'll see what Friday's final injury report holds. But DeMarco, I saw you taking some notes over there. I know you're updating uh, your 2D for Sunday in Arizona. Let's start at tight end, okay? Because there were only two to begin with. Now it's just Tyler Higby. But we've also got uh, version 2.0 of the 2022 Sean McVay offense. We've seen him as a receiver. We've seen him as a fullback, maybe tight end. They also have TJ Carter, Jared Pinckney on the practice squad. Where do the Rams go offensively this week with only Higby right now uh, on the active roster at tight end? Well, I mean, thank goodness Tyler Higby has been a rock for the offense. Uh, he can play 90% of the snaps if you want him to, but you're going to need a backup. You're going to need that extra tight end and extra body just in case. And I like what Benny Sko gave you last week. Uh, kind of caught Atlanta off guard, caught the world off guard, lining up at at fullback and playing pretty well. So you can figure out, Sean McVay can, uh, can figure out how to use him in that tight end role. Maybe you don't, you don't have to put his hand down and block defensive ends. You can slide him out or split him out and make the defense declare what he is. But, yeah, I, that's just too bad uh, for, for Hopkins. Um, that's just tough. That's tough on the football team, but uh, it's going to hurt. I was more worried about corner, actually. Um so Durant is going to give me a pick and a sack and then may miss the next week. That We can't do that. Um, so, I mean, that's just me being a veteran. Uh, so that brings up Rochelle. That brings up David Long Jr. And that brings up some notes I had. You know, the Don't Rams, forget Darion Kendrick, too. Remember Kendrick, how much they yes, went to DK. Thank you. And Kendrick. But uh, just brings up some notes I had that uh, the Rams had, had some coverage busts. They had some issues with what they were trying to do. And dare I say a better quarterback – all due respect to Marcus Mariota, may make you pay for those mistakes. They couldn't hit the knockout punch 
uh, because of who they are. But definitely, you just saw it. Kyler Murray will hit those. So now you're down one of your most experienced corners, and you're going to rely on some young guys to step in versus Arizona in a game that's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Uh, that's pretty darn scary on the defensive end. Hmm. I'm so hung up on Ricky trying to rebear in my podcast. Field, like, <laughs> I'm just saying it, it just happened like to, you know, two oh, yeah. people that we're talking about were the last two on your show. Uh, I'm just I'm, just I'm, connecting dots. I'm coming from Ricky's Ram Jam. You watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> watch. By the time you Marco, get back to California. Marco, another one I wanted to bring up, too, is yeah. uh, Tremaine Ankrum going down at right guard, uh, mainly because I know you and I have talked about uh, Alaric Jackson a lot and, you know, having him at guard, like a tackle body, especially like his at guard. Um, just what do you make of of that spot, especially with, with how things have changed there? Well, sick for Ankrum. Um, he got hurt on the first play and then gutted it out, and then I guess it just gave way. So that that sucks for him. Great for Alaric Jackson. Uh, big body, you have a huge right side now when you think of Alaric Jackson and uh, Rob Havenstein. That's perfect to me. That's where you want to run the football, especially with a right-handed quarterback. But the one thing I will say, JV, and we talked about this, look, he's going to get banged for holding calls. Now he's on film doing that. He got away with it versus Atlanta. Uh, You know Arizona is going to be talking to the officials, hey, watch this guy. So he's going to have to really be technique sound versus Arizona or some of those big runs or big plays could come back with holding calls. But I like the fact that Alara Jackson is in your lineup it's big. He's big. There's a lot of oomph there. I think there's a lot of nasty in there. I think that might have been what was missing on the O-line. I thought they did a good job with Atlanta and Grady Jarrett in particular. Now they get a three-time defensive player of the year. There's going to be two of those on the field this week in Glendale, J.J. Watt and Aaron Donald. Uh, but three weeks, three starting offensive line combination to Stu's point. Uh, and really what I hope is now that the Rams know what they're working with up front, I think last week's game plan was uh, a much healthier approach to how to manage that. We saw Stafford Sachs go from seven to one. Uh, but now it's time to pop some explosive plays, especially in the running game. I think the season long for a rushing attempt is 18 yards. DeMarco, you talked about the size they have on both sides, really, from center out to left. And I think also from center out to right now. Man, if you're Cam Akers, if you're Daryl Henderson, you got to be salivating at the chance to maybe pop a big one this week. Oh, I think there's more there, don't you? Make somebody Absolutely. miss. You know, you got a fullback now. You got yeah. an extra gap. Absolutely, hit it hard. I think Daryl has, has been Daryl Henderson has been great running the football, especially on those those tosses when he cuts it back and he hits it like a scalded dog. I think Cam Akers is rounding into form. Um, you need that. Right now, we need the best of Cam makers this week if you're going to run the football. So, yeah, there's some opportunities there. There's enough space. You are a professional running back. They expect you to make guys miss, not go down on first contact. Hmm. Ricky, what did you see from the offense as Stafford spread it around? Uh, they made the Falcons defend every blade of grass and every eligible, whether it's their backs, whether it was Tyler Higby and Allen Robinson also having finally his welcome to L.A. moment with his first touchdown. Should have been two. Should have been too. Yeah, it was great to see um, Allen involved, Cam Akers involved more. I would have been interested to see how often they used him if the score was closer for a little bit longer. Um, I think, DeMarco, you said it great when you said he's rounding into form. I still think he needs a little bit more time, and Henderson has sort of been that guy, especially with that that rushing touchdown that he got. Um, I just love that even with Allen Robinson getting, you know – 
the eye formation with uh, Benny, you know, scope running fullback. It's, it's insane what they were doing. And I think it's really, really fun to watch, but Cooper cup is still that guy, even when Stafford is spreading it around, which is so fun to see. And I just like think that it was awesome to get Allen Robinson involved and Tyler Higby got, like I called it last week, guys. Remember, I'm like, he's going to get his get right game. There was that one sidearm that he missed in the end zone that I've watched a hundred times. And I'm like, oh, he was so close to that. That would have been such a fun touchdown. But yeah, it's been great. He's been throwing it all over the field. Hey, mm. Tell me, uh, JB, tell me that that first drive that Matthew Stafford going to Allen Robinson didn't look like vintage Detroit Lions with Megatron. And he's playing that Megatron role. You had that yeah. tight end foolery. They ran the football just enough to keep you off balance. They got you in the red zone and went one-on-one. I kind of like the fact that Cooper Cup was hiding in that offense, just gathering information, and then played the closer. I love that. That is a great way to use him. DeMarco, what's so cool is you and I both know how oblivious Sean McVay is to everything outside the facility, right? I mean, you talk about blind eye. He has blinders. (laughs) But sometimes, sometimes, a couple times per season, it does feel like he's crowdsourcing his game plan, right? Like he's in the comments section being like, oh, you want to see more Cam Akers? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, you probably want us to throw to Allen Robinson. That's a good idea. Let's do that. Uh, Ben Skronik has a fullback. Sure, we can go there. Two backs uh, flanking Stafford. Um, and that is what last week had the feel of. But what I love now is you became a much more complex team to prepare for if you're Vance Joseph and the Cardinals this week, right? I, I mean, yeah. there's a lot more to contend with Monday through Saturday as you await these Rams. See, I, I think what happened, and you got to give Atlanta credit, but I, I thought the Rams' last score was their best drive. And what I was hoping for, and I think they were getting to it, was Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson getting targets on the same drive. Because before it was one or the other. I'm going here or I'm going here. Eventually, when you start hitting both guys, with this defense you're about to see that's multiple, you're going to start making mistakes. You're going to find those one-on-ones quicker. I mean, it felt like a humble brag. It was like, hey, we're going to play the first quarter with one arm behind our back. We're not going to throw it to Cooper Cup. Watch what we can do, right? Four touchdowns, first five drives. He's just going to be you know, our run blocker who goes and roots out safety so that we can get uh, get touchdowns. And then he's going to come alive and still get his uh, historic, historic numbers. Wow. Amazing. Um, one of the things, Stu, personnel-wise that caught my eye deep in uh, yesterday, the Rams, I guess, went out and got Tack McKinley to maybe give themselves another option, a veteran presence on the edge. So a bit of a homecoming uh, for Tack as he comes back to Los Angeles. Where are the Rams in terms of their outside linebacker position? Uh, Leonard Floyd week to week with uh, his injury, even though he was able to play through against the Falcons. Yeah, it's it's a it's a good addition because there's some familiarity there with uh, him overlapping with Raheem Morris a little bit in Atlanta, and so at outside linebacker besides Floyd, obviously you've still got Justin Hollins who's uh, in good shape, and then you've got Terrell Lewis as well. Uh, Daniel Hardy, uh, rookie, is is still on in, uh, still on injured reserve, but uh, there's no question when you can add someone like him, uh, someone of value who has that familiarity, like I said, with Raheem, uh, it can only be a good thing. I think the th- other thing, too, that it kind of reminds me of a little bit is, you know, Leonard Floyd and his story as a, as a former first-round pick and maybe the expectations placed on him and, and things maybe not going according to plan. But now he lands with the Rams and, and starts, you know, playing some of the best ball of his career. So that's not to say and place those same expectations on, on tack, but uh, it's, it's a situation where, you know, if you're the Rams, you know, that's hopefully the best case scenario here. And that's hopefully what you're going to get out of tack. 
You or Dante Fowler is the same play with AD, right? That's what yeah, you meant. Yeah, yep. the Dante Fowler, Aaron Donald effect. Uh, we, we've seen that work well, and I think this is an area where the Rams are going to continue to really scour for options uh, to supplement their pass rush because I don't know yeah. that they're going to get a sack from Bobby Wagner every week, but maybe like 15 out of 17 weeks. Well, you knew they were going to blitz him, and that, that's the thing I wrote down. And the funny thing, Tack McKinley actually went to my high school, so his picture is right next to mine as guys turning pro. So I'm oh, glad God. he's here. Uh, the one thing I did write down was um, you're you're not special outside of Aaron Donald, really. Uh, and you need special, especially when Arizona starts to speed up and he traps you on the field in one personnel group and you can't, you know, uh, sub guys. So somebody else has got to win one on ones. You saw that that film, man. When you slow it down and you watch, there's three guys on Aaron and three one on ones. Somebody else has got to win. So I, I think that job is still up for grabs. Um Outside of Floyd, who else would it be? I would love it if Hardy was healthy. I liked his his speed coming off the edge. I think he'd be a major player for the Rams right now if he were healthy. But uh, I think you have to bring in people to get that job, to, to make sure you find somebody that can get pressure on the quarterback outside of Aaron Donald. Tfar, I'll use that kind of as a transition to keys to the game here in week three. We can go around the horn and talk about what we think will decide this matchup with the Cardinals. But when I see Max Crosby have two hands around Kyler Murray and not be able to complete what would have been a walk-off sack, I'm reminded of the fact that oftentimes when you play Kyler and Arizona, maybe not so much for the Rams who've had some blowout wins, but the game is typically decided by can you convert those negative play opportunities? Can you hit Kyler? Can you sack him or even turn him over when he is playing Frogger behind his offensive line of scrimmage? Or... Does he extend plays and pick up holding penalties in the end zone or scramble for back-breaking conversions? Um, that is the Arizona Cardinals experience right now under Kyler Murray, and that's kind of where I start every game plan or keys to the game against the Cardinals. Feel free to raise your hand, whoever wants to go next, if you've got a key to beating the Cardinals and getting to two and one. Well, I, I guess what I, I think, w- Go ahead. I was just going to say that I think that you know, the Rams started week two out with com- complete power. They took control the way that they manhandled the first half of that game. And not that they fell asleep in the second half because of, you know, all of the numbers, but it did sort of feel like they took their their foot off the pedal here. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, Arizona had their comeback to the Raiders in the second half. The first half, everyone was like, oh, here they go, 0-2. This is a crazy game. Kyler got zero fantasy points. He wasn't doing much. And then all of a sudden, the second half, they exploded. So I think that the game management itself and also working on the turnovers. I mean, Stafford has had seven games with multiple interceptions since joining the Rams. So it's just he's the most in the NFL. And that's not always his fault. Absolutely not. So I think keeping getting those reps in, getting him working with Allen Robinson more and Cooper Cup. Obviously, they have a telepathic connection between the two of them. Um, There was that never-before-seen almost fumble from Cooper Cup. I think the team in general needs to work on on turnovers to really keep control of this game. By the way, Eric is in witness protection on the East Coast because she was actually supposed to block Troy Anderson on that block punt. That was her responsibility. Wow. Exactly. Uh, as the personal protector. So yeah, I think it's okay to come back. Yeah, I think it's okay to come back. Yeah, I have to do a name change and everything. They've, they've got that solved. <laughs> uh, Stu, DeMarco, key to uh, week three. Go ahead, Stu. I was going to say uh, something that r- reminded me of what 
uh, I think it was Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator, got asked about in week one when it comes to Josh Allen, and it was plaster rules, which is, you know, the secondary and, you know, if the quarterback escapes the pocket and is trying to make an off-schedule play, like just sticking to your your guy, the nearest guy, uh, nearest receiver specifically. And that's what comes to mind when I think about Kyler Murray, even though he doesn't have DeAndre Hopkins, even though he doesn't have Rondale Moore, even though James Conner got hurt and left the game with an ankle injury, he still found a way to will them to that comeback win in week two. And so mm-hmm. uh, between you know, making sure that he doesn't make those off schedule plays and, and sticking to your assignment or the nearest defender. If he, should he escape the pocket, uh, just making sure that um, those don't um, those things are, are keyed on, especially because, you know, even though, you, you know, he had, he still has Zach Ertz, he still has AJ green. And that was still enough for him to, again, help. Um, and that rookie who's been exploding, who's on track for like a thousand yard season, Dorch, Greg Dorch, I think yeah. his name yeah, is. Playing yep. for Rondell Moore in the slot. But it's, Stu, you bring up a good point. You go Josh Allen, you go Marcus Mariota, you go Kyler Murray, one, two, three. Uh, please, some Jimmy Garoppolo in week four. They thought they're going to be getting Trey Lance. Now Careful. it looks like their old, their old friend Jimmy G, maybe yeah. a little bit more uh, pockets. Careful, JB. All that guy does is beat the <laughs> It's all Jimmy G does is beat the Rams. Yeah, no, they, they snapped that streak NFC Championship game. I know you were there. Good. Good. Uh, no, I'm with you. Um, and uh, to, to Ricky's point, taking their foot off the gas, uh, I don't think it was taking their foot off the gas. I think they fell asleep with the pedal down. You know what I mean? You have to stay with it and, and finish games. I think this is a team that's still trying to figure out who they are. Uh, they're still trying to do the little things uh, to come together. It's a, It's a good group. It's a great culture, but – Every team is different, and this team is building towards hopefully something special, but they're not there yet. So it is, uh, to Stu's point, I think this game is really just about one guy. If you can get Kyler Murray on the ground, if you can force him into a bad game, so goes Arizona. Uh, But you have to tackle better. You've got to do the little things. On first and 10, if he flips it out and you have a chance for a two-yard gain, it's got to stay a two-yard gain. You can't let guys make you miss and then give Kyler Murray a a, a second and three. Uh, give Kingsbury something to play with. So uh, you know what this game's about. Uh, every time you line up against Kyler Murray, it's just it's all 11 versus that guy. Uh, if he has a great game, it's going to be tough to get him out. If you force him into situations he doesn't like, uh, there could be a chance he'll go off to the side and start pouting. Maybe he's over that, maybe he's not. But uh, when he's going good, so will the Cardinals. If he's going bad, so are the Cardinals. So, And one more thing about Matthew Stafford. I got called out by Mike Martz, of all people. He listened to the coach's show. He said, you had a quarterback turn the ball over multiple times. You didn't even mention it to the head coach. I'm like, you're right. We didn't. He is kind of like Kurt Warner. You kind of ignore the turnovers. You really do because of what he can do with the football. He's going to put you in the end zone. He's a guy that takes chances. More often than not, he's right. But every now and then, he's going to turn it over. You're going to have to live with it. As a defense, you're going to have to understand it and try to get the ball back. So I think you have an ultra-talented quarterback that's ultra gutsy, every now and then, it's going to come back the other way. It is an interesting contrast. Arizona opens the season with six egregious quarters, and they're down 20 at halftime on the road in Las Vegas. They somehow pull that out of the fire, and now their fan base is feeling like, okay, we got a chance now. This is who we thought we were going to be as the Rams come to town with the chance to get the 2-1 and one and be atop the NFC West. Conversely, the Rams play three dominant quarters, I think, against the Falcons, crumble in the fourth and now i understand our fan base is like hey 
there's there's a lot more to be concerned about here than there is to feel confident in. Uh, but DeMarco, based on what you said, it's like, I'm anxious to see what it looks like when you play a game and don't turn it over three times, right? Like, show me that version of the Rams on Sunday and let's see what the final score looks like. I think you saw it. Week one, it looks like Buffalo. Oh, you're saying the Rams can look like that if you yes, don't turn it over. Yes, you'll score 41 points if you don't turn it over. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, first five drives, you get four touchdowns, 28 points. I mean, I, I think that was the Rams offense we all know and love and want to see a whole lot more of. All right, good uh, hanging out with you guys here on this edition of Between the Horns, presented by your Southern California Toyota dealers. Uh, DeMarco and Stu, we will see you in Glendale. Look yes. at you. Stu, you're yes, so sir. pretty. You're so pretty. <laughs> and uh, Ricky Hollywood, uh, Jody Camillus is not looking for you anymore. You can come ahead back to California. Yeah, and everybody check out Rams Reveal. JB needs some good, positive juju on there. And, um, you know, give face. it five stars. <laughs> you have started something, Ricky. <laughs> Rams Reserved is what Ricky Hollywood is going to start calling it. Oh, I love it. Good call out. Have a great week, everyone. Looking forward to the 1-1 Los Angeles Rams traveling to face the 1-1 Arizona Cardinals. Back-to-back NFC West road games ahead on the schedule for your Los Angeles Rams. 